Hey, are you into werewolves, mad scientists, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Are you cussing with me? No, you cussing with me? Stop cussing. This ain't deaf comedy jam. I don't like you using foul language. No guns, no foul language, no red meat. And then we heard him saying all these mean things about Jews and using tons of foul language. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you said... I actually... This is more work than in my previous life. I thought it would be easier. I thought it was more of a... I'm a... What the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, April 28th, 2017, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels edition of the show, where we talk about all the uh, accomplishment of the Trump administration in his first 100 days. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by The Short Grift. When you don't have time to run the long con, The Short Grift pays. Whether it's a rigged game of chance or a bait and switch, The Short Grift puts cash in your pocket. From the fiddle game to the glim dropper or a change raid, Short Grift gets in, gets out, and gets done. In a world of short attention spans and dim intellects, The Short Grift is a con artist's best friend, and you too can learn the art of The Short Grift for free! Just see the cash start rolling in from the suckers of the world because you're smart and charming. All you need to do to learn the short grift is see Eddie at the bar, slip him a small handling fee, and you'll be on your way to life on Easy Street. Tell Eddie when you give him the money, Dave sent you. Freddie, as a younger man, I was a sculptor, a painter, and a musician. There was just one problem. I wasn't very good. As a matter of fact, I was dreadful. I finally came to the frustrating conclusion that I had taste and style, not talent. I knew my limitations. We all have our limitations, Freddie. Fortunately, I discovered that taste and style were commodities that people desired. Freddie, what I'm saying is, know your limitations. You are a moron. When I was a kid... I always wanted a Ford Mustang, you know, that classic 60s muscle car, cherry red, four on the floor, the kind of car that cool guys on TV drove. And I thought, if I got myself a car like that, I would become the guy that drove a Mustang. So when I was about 20, I went to a used car lot in Gosnell, Arkansas, the kind of place with a lot of streamers and prices written on the windshields that dot American highways, particularly outside of military bases. And on that lot was a cherry red 1984 Ford Mustang. It was not my dream car, but it was in the neighborhood. I had to have that car. And after some dickering and usurious financing, I made a deal with a guy in a suit that made my eyes bleed. And I drove off the lot in my very own car of my dreams. How'd that work out for you? It was a flaming pile of shit. I mean, this car was a full-on lemon. It needed new brakes, the engine constantly overheated, the clutch needed replaced in the first three months. I, in the, in the, Before I had added six months, I had spent a quarter of what I paid for it in repairs. And it all came to a crashing end a year later when driving back from San Antonio to Arkansas, the transmission gave out and I had to drive the last hundred miles in first gear. 
And I learned a valuable lesson about dreams. The more you want something, the less likely you are to notice that someone is fucking you in the ass. The same could be said for any number of romantic relationships I had as well, although there was only the one time with the anal sex, and that was really more just a question of a misunderstanding. The reason I tell you this story is not just to inform you that the mid-80s Ford Mustangs were pieces of shit, which they were, but as an allegory to unprecedented Donald J. Trump, whom for a small but influential portion of the American electorate is like a cherry red Mustang and me, something they always dreamed of having. You know, an incoherent racist who will roll back the clock on seven years of social progress. Only then, they drove him off the lot to find him not so much their dream car, but more that, but more of a... What a piece of junk. And you totally think that this would sour their relationship with him. But you would be wrong because, because according to polls, the Trump voters all say... They think he's a righteous dude. I'm not sure why, because in the hundred days of the Trump administration, he's not so much uh, done anything. Oh, sure, he tried to do stuff with bumbled executive orders, getting bitch slapped by the courts, uh, and an incompetent attempt to strip health care for million Ameri millions of Americans. But when it came down to it, all he's really done is appoint a Supreme Court justice that there was in no way wasn't going to be appointed. That's not their victory. That's Mitch McConnell, who still rubs one out to this coup every night. They uh, managed to marginally damage an undefended airfield in Syria and drop a massive bomb on like eight or nine guys in some caves in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, and they've pushed us to the brink of war on the Korean Peninsula. I wouldn't call this nothing. Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely something. It's just not something anyone should want. The Orange Dingleberry has decided the totally arbitrary 100-day mark in his presidency is totally arbitrary. Oh, it is, by the way. It's just some shit we made up that sounds good because 100 is a nice round number and feels good to say. $100, 100 episodes of a low-rated podcast, whatever. And the fake media is just doing a hatchet job to make him look like an idiot. But really, Don, I'm pretty sure that this... You are right! I learned it by watching you. Now he's saying that 100 days was never a big thing. And anyone who remembers him saying exactly how important it was his first 100 days is just lying. After all, who are you going to believe? A man who is lying to you now or the actual video of him lying to you six months ago? Because in a speech in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania on November 9th, 2016, just days before his shocking victory, Trump took the stage and carefully read a teleprompter speech to tepid applause where he laid out his plans for the first 100 days of a then totally improbable Trump presidency. From an NPR article, here is exactly what he promised. Day one, a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on all members of Congress a hiring freeze on all federal employees to reduce federal workforce through attrition, a requirement that for every new federal regulation, two existing regulations must be eliminated, a five-year ban on the White House and congressional officials becoming lobbyists after they leave government service, a lifetime ban on White House officials lobbying on behalf of a foreign government, and a complete ban on foreign lobbyists raising monies for American elections. Yeah, before we go any further, let's look at that for a second, because there's some stunning fucking hypocrisy we need to check out. He's banning White House officials lobbying for foreign governments 
when his current White House officials were actively employed in meeting with foreign governments, namely the Russians. What a set of balls on this guy. Okay, so let's run this down. No amendment has gone anywhere near a hearing, much less any kind of vote, and it never will. He did freeze the federal hiring for a little while, about two months, and fucking everybody lost their shit because, hey, you know, when you don't hire people to actually heal your wounded veterans, they don't like it that much. Um, he did kill two for one on new regulations, sort of, kind of, and because of that, uh, you know, companies are busy pouring pouring toxic waste into baby formula as we speak. His lobbying bans have more holes than the bathhouse bathroom wall, and he hasn't even touched foreign lobbyists raising money for elections because, you know what, that's always been illegal. Continuing. He said he would renegotiate NAFTA, withdraw from the TPP, label China China a currency manipulator, identified foreign trade abuses, lift restrictions on oil, gas, and coal extractions, approve the Keystone Pipeline, and cancel payments to the United Nations on climate change. Well, let me see here. Nope, uh, we're still in NAFTA. In fact, um, he said this week that uh, he thought NAFTA was, wasn't nearly as bad as he originally thought, and uh, we're going to stay in it. Uh, he did scuttle TPP, and much to China's glee. And speaking of China, how's that currency manipulation thing going? Uh, he goes on to say that uh, China he will not be labeled a currency manipulator. Uh, and the report due this month says China hasn't manipulated its currency for months and doesn't want to do that because it hurts in talks with North Korea. To be fair, he totally did do the things he said he was going to do that will help destroy the planet. So let me give credit where credit is due. His list continues. Cancel every unconstitutional Obama executive order. Replace Scalia. Cancel funding to sanctuary cities. Deport two million criminal immigrants and institute the Muslim ban. Well, that went well. Obama signed 276 executive orders and a similar number of executive memoranda. Trump has reversed a scattered few, mostly those that were trying to keep us from boiling our own filth. As noted, Gorsuch was seated and voted to kill a probably innocent death row inmate. As of today, we are a little short of 2 million deportations. Well, by the end of February, the total ICE deportations were right at about 35,604, slightly higher than Obama at the same time, but still 1,964,396 short of his goal. On the upside for Trump... The peop of the people arrested in immigration raids, 26% had no criminal record compared to 10% under Obama. So slowly but surely, America is getting greater for white people, right? And of course, his travel ban and sanctuary city orders were immediately struck down by the courts on the grounds of, uh, I don't want to get into a lot of legal ease here, so I'm going to summarize the court's opinion. They were poorly thought out and overtly racist bullshit. Finally, he promised within the first 100 days he would pass the following legislative actions. Middle Class Tax Relief and Simplification Act. In the Offshoring Act, establishing tariffs to discourage companies from laying off their workers. The American Energy and Infrastructure Act. The School Choice and Education Opportunity Act. He would repeal and replace Obamacare. Implement Affordable Child Care and Elder Care Act. End the Legal Immigration Act. Restoring Community Safety Act. Restoring National Security Act and Clean Up Corruption in Washington Act, where he would, quote, drain the swamp, unquote. So, uh, how's he doing? Well, let me run down the list. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 
No. Nope. Uh-uh. Sorry. Yet. Nine. Nada. Zip. Zilch. And oh, fuck no. <laughs> Out of the ten big ideas, exactly one went further than a talking point, repealing and replacing Obamacare. I really should have done a show about it when that was going on, but I thought, technically, it's still going on, so maybe I guess I am doing a show about that, except, you know, today that it died for the third time. But come on, healthcare? How do you make that funny? And making it funny is my gold standard for this show, ladies and gentlemen. You're really funny, and you're totally not fat. Really, Gavin? You, you sure you want to go there? I've seen your Tinder profile, Gavin. I know which way the ladies swipe. Anyway, so when the little Randy and Rent boy tried to repeal Obamacare by making a bill so awful he couldn't even get it to the floor of a Congress controlled by his own party, it says something not only about Trump, but the entire GOP. And what it says is these fuckers are incompetent at best, though the words I might use would be a tad harsher. Something like total dick nobblers. Trump did unveil his tax plan this week, and it was, uh, interesting? Because tax policy is even less funny than healthcare reform, let me just summarize it by saying it would cut corporate tax rates to 15%, eliminate most deductions. The New York Times says the big winners in this plan would be the very rich, the just rich with creative accountants, and of course Donald Trump, whose tax rate under this plan would be somewhere right around 5%. The losers in the Trump tax plan would be you. Just between you and me, there's really no big surprises here, so... On the other hand, it would totally balloon the deficit and the debt, and it has exactly zero chance of passing the House, much less the Senate. So really, this tax plan is like an erection in your sleep. It pops up, does nothing, and goes away without most people even knowing it was there. By any objective measure, the first 100 days of the Trump presidency is, and I don't want to use the word failure here because it doesn't sufficiently reflect reality, I think the best way that I can sum it up is through metaphor. The first 100 days of the Trump administration is like when you get that feeling in your gut that says you need to get to the bathroom right now. So you run down the hall, pull down your pants, sit down, and then release a long, long fart. And it's utterly dry and odorless, and you instantly feel better. You stand up, wipe off even though you don't need to, and you start to head back to your desk. You take about three steps down the hall, and you shit your pants. You're a bad, bad person. I'm not saying that Trump isn't one of the worst things to ever happen to the country. It's just that he's also been one of the most ineffectual presidents in modern history. Maybe in his history period. I mean, I would say the most ineffectual, but Benjamin Harrison died a couple of weeks into his term. It took years for George W. Bush to achieve the level of stupidity and incompetence and inaction that Trump has reached in under 100 days. And I, along with most thinking Americans looked on in horror as Trump took the oath 100 days ago, sure that he would come in and immediately destroy the fabric of government and society. We assumed the GOP being in total control of the government would allow him to push through any crazy idea that he shat out of his adult brain. We were positive Obamacare was gone, that taxes on the rich would disappear, and that Jeff Sessions would begin rounding up brown people and annoying white podcast hosts starting on day one. We thought the only thing that could stop them was us, taking to the streets in massive demonstrations. But come to find out what really stopped them is... Yeah, a lot of them are fucking idiots. Lawfare's Benjamin Wittes said the Muslim ban was malevolent incompetence. 
And it appears the entire Trump administration runs on this engine. They would totally destroy America if only they weren't incredibly fucking bad at their jobs. Massive numbers of employees that should be dismantling the government haven't even been named, much less confirmed. I mean, he only got his cabinet completely confirmed today. The Post shows far, Trump is far behind average for new presidents uh, for, appoint, for getting people in their political appointments. Infighting in the White House is the news of the day instead of what the administration wants to accomplish. The fetid orange tweets from the East Wing shitter in the mornings, and his staff's primary goal is to keep the demented maniac from knocking holes in the side of a boat which is already swamped with the waters of scandal. The guy we all thought had this great plan to ruin all that was good and true in America by playing three-dimensional chess is actually playing tic-tac-toe against himself and somehow losing. You might think this bloated idiocy would somehow convince people the whole idea of Trump being president is maybe, sorta, kinda a bad fucking idea. But no, his voters are still behind him as strong as ever. If his overall approval numbers are slightly above freezing, his ratings with people in a, that, with his own people are a sweltering July in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. 93% of the people who voted for Trump in November approve of the job he's doing, according to Politico. Who cares? His magical mystery wall has not so much had a post hole dug, much less been fully funded by the Mexican government, and never will be, or will never be built for that matter. They fully believe all the negative news about the Tangerine Il Duque is just the fake news media spreading lies about his myriad accomplishments. And it won't be long until Jobs, Respect, and Jim Crow come roaring into their town. Why, why, why do they think this? You're all a bunch of fucking morons. We Democrats have spent so much time and energy since the election trying to understand the Trump voter. It's economic anxiety. It's our bias bubble. It's the opioid crisis. It's jobs. It's identity politics. It's your coastal elitism. These are all reasons why Trump is so appealing to a small slice of America that managed to elect him. Bullshit. They got conned. They got conned by a fast-talking huckster with a message designed to appeal to their greed and their stupidity. The same way people think that they're going to get rich by helping that nice Nigerian man on the internet get his father's money out of the country for a substantial percentage of the total. The people It's the same reason. People heard Trump and thought, he, he's telling me the truth. He cares about me. He's going to help me. And together, we'll make America great again. Hey, 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 Trump voters, I, I got a message for you. He doesn't give a fuck about you. He's going to make his buck off you until he has to pack up his shit and split town one step ahead of the cops. He isn't even trying to run the long con. He is short grifting your asses. This is what's pathetic. This isn't some mastermind whose cunning allows him to burrow his way into your confidence where he can slowly bilk you of your money. He's a cheap, shitty huckster running the electoral equivalent of three-card Monty. And you fell for it. Like the 20-year-old me looking at that piece of shit red Ford Mustang, you only saw what you wanted to see, what appealed to your ego, your vanity, and your insecurity, and you never bothered to check the tires. So take my money so I can drive this piece of shit off the lot and live my best life.
Trump's entire life has been a series of short grifts for big bucks. He shows up with a fancy plan for a casino, convinced a bunch of other people to pay for it, and then runs it into the ground and disappears after making his cut. His string of bankruptcies were plenty of proof this was exactly what he does, what he was planning to do. He ran for president because it was a good way to scam some media attention and make some money. He never planned on winning. So now that he's in office, he's reverting to form, looking for a quick way to turn a dollar. The flash, the controversy, the investigations, the tweets, the bombs, the wars, they're all distractions to keep you looking in one direction while he's busy pocketing cash. Hey, and you know, it's not going to make you feel any better. You're not the only ones getting conned because all of us are getting taken. We're all watching the, we're all watching the shill while Trump is palming the A's. Syria, Korea, tax reform, Obamacare, 100 days. It's all smoke hiding the real con behind the distraction. The man has no plans other than to get in, get paid, and get the fuck out. We all thought he was here to destroy the government, and I, he totally will, but not the way we thought. He's here to make a quick buck and he's still doing it because it's the only thing he knows how to do. He's incompetent at government, he's utterly malevolent, he's fucking over the people that voted for him, but that's all working for him. It's the equivalent of setting a fire in a house so you can rob one down the street. You know, they say, if you don't know who the sucker is in a game, it's you. I'm saying Trump is betting that we all don't know who the sucker is just long enough for him to make a little scratch and get out before we cop wise. And it's working. It's working all too well. Funny thing is, he's not even a particularly good con man. Victor Lustig, the famous con artist, had ten commandments for being a good swindler. They were be a good listener. The myth of the fast talker for the con man, is a, it's a myth. Don't believe it. A silver-tongued con man should be ignored. Never appear bored. Show nothing but interest in your victim. Agree with the victim's politics. Wait for the other person to reveal any political opinions and then agree with them. Agree with their religion. Hint at sex talk without being explicit. Never discuss illness unless they bring up the subject. Never ask about personal circumstances. Never talk yourself up. Your brilliance should be obvious. Never be messy or untidy. Never get drunk or take drugs. Trump ignores a lot of these Ten Commandments to his detriment. That's why he can't run the long con. If he shut up and pretended to listen, he could ride this thing for out year, for eight years and ride off with all the money and leaving a shattered nation behind him like a string of widows without their pension checks. But he can't because he's a narcissist who craves adulation more than anything else. Like the guy who sold me the car or the televangelist who got paying hush money to a hooker with church funds. He can't shut the fuck up. And it's what will eventually get him caught. It's what will eventually bring him down. And the people who voted for him will still not turn against him because in the end, they're very dumb. And they, because they're dumb, they can't believe that he's conning them. They're just as vapid and greedy as he is. And it's time we stop feeling sorry for them and just wave goodbye. Because you can only help those who are willing to be helped. These people are just waiting for the next false messiah. The next Trump. The next little red sports car to come along. Because in the end, that's what they need to feel like they're important when they're not. But hey, at least we can sell them a car. Oh, you want to know who does see Trump for what he is? Corporate America. They know him of old. They bought his little red muscle car once in the 80s and they wised up. But they also know that a good con artist can use a bad con artist to distract the mark while they pull off a much bigger score. All the Goldman boys 
probably even Jared fucking Kushner, are reading the marks that is America laying the groundwork for the for the long con. And you got Paul Ryan standing right next to them saying, And I helped. When the cops finally come for Trump, and we all get that little happy feeling in our heart, look, look, he got caught, he's going to jail. The fucking corporate bastards will still be running the game for the real money, and it's you and me that'll be the suckers. But I guess that's okay, because that's been the status quo for a bunch of fucking decades now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That is it for our show this week. For the next couple of weeks, the show will probably be running best ofs. I haven't decided yet. Uh, we're going to use the word best in air quotes because your humble host will be out in the world doing important research and investigations that will directly contribute to the quality and content of the show mainly by my drinking a lot of whiskey and possibly a little sexy time. Shut up, Gavin. A man has needs, all right. So you know, you should still listen to those shows because they will probably be ones you haven't heard for good reason. If you would like to ensure your noted podcast host continues to drink whiskey and potentially has a little sexy time, rate and review the show on iTunes so other people want to want to buy me whiskey and maybe sleep with me, though totally no pressure there. Follow the show on Twitter at the Hell underscore podcast and the show name on Facebook. All of the shows are at the show name on SoundCloud and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, my shill, producer get two card Gavin, and all the fictional Nigerian royalty on this show, we want to say you've got a thing or two to learn about him, baby. Because he ain't going away. I mean, I don't even think maybe. The prez we had is gone, and I think we know what went wrong. So blame it on the lying, cheating, cold, dead-beaten, two-time, double-dealing fucking Trump. We'll see you all in a couple of weeks. <laughs>